In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King, and this is where we discuss kitchen table topics that are typically banned from family gatherings, but extremely necessary for a strong republic. And today we're going to talk about political apathy. I am experiencing it. I kind of made that up because I couldn't find the word for this equivalent to writer's block because I was trying to think of what do I want to talk about? What do I want to talk about on the show? What are some, some, some topics? I'm being extremely vulnerable because I absolutely enjoy doing this and being on the radio, being on the pod, doing my podcast and just media, TV. I, I really, really enjoy it because it allows me to really share my perspective. But I'm having this feeling where it's just not fun anymore. It's almost like we're losing sight so much of what's really going on as it relates to politics, this country. It just feels like we are drifting off into unknown territory. It's impacting people on a deeper level. I remember going to DC. I went to this little club that's located for, or it's located in DC, but it's for like kind of elites, right? So it's like this little private club that you can go to Republican, Republicans have one, Democrats have one, so forth and so forth. But I remember going in, having lunch. I remember seeing Democrats and Republicans hanging out. And these were all individuals who are pretty prominent in politics. They are media personalities. They are elected officials. Everyone was just kind of having lunch and hanging out and talking and no one seemed to be fighting or debating or being upset about anything. No one had an attitude. It just didn't look like the way it feels. And I remember feeling to myself like, are we being duped? Are we being played? And I, when I say we, I mean us voters that are not in the scene, right? Um, I've had had the privilege of experiencing some behind the scenes work. When I first started in politics, I went from just door knocking to being the deputy state director of the party in the course of a few years. I found myself in this very unique space and this was my new normal and I was enjoying it. I was loving it. Just certainly excited about what this journey was going to look like for me as I was stepping into this uncharted territory, stepping into this territory where I am not just a minority because I'm a black woman, but I was a minority because I was a woman as well as a millennial, which are three categories that the Republican Party historically has kind of struggled with. And that's bringing in black voters, bringing in women and bringing in young people. And so I felt like this is going to be a great opportunity for me to not just share the core values of the party and not just share the core values of, in general, of conservatism, but it would also give me the opportunity to step back and be able to see it from a very different space. I thought it would give me the opportunity to really kind of link up 
and get a different perspective on things. And that is exactly what has happened. Coming in with my cultural norms, coming in front with, with my life experiences, it really, really allowed me the opportunity to just connect and not just connect, not just connect, but to also bring my perspectives, bring my thoughts, bring my experiences and see how I can help grow the party. Why did I want to grow the party? Because deep, deep inside of me, there's this core passion to see people stop living mundane lives because they think that there's nothing they can do to change it. I really wanted people to look at their lives and if there's an area that you don't like, that you don't agree with, or you want to see change, change it, do something different. And I want to encourage people to do that, particularly through politics, because politics is where we should be able to do that because we, the people are still the people. At least I thought we were. But when I see statistics, like for instance, 70% of voters say that they do not want uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden as president, yet those two are two front runners. It really makes me scratch my head. It makes me wonder, like, what is going on? What are we missing? How did this happen? It's not to say that, you know, that there are, you know, that that, that's a incorrect thing (laughs) Um, it's not to say that the polls are wrong but that data point really just kind of resonated with me and it made me question some things so for instance um, let's look at it from this perspective if we are really the party of freedom as a Republican then we're in a position right now where we can really, really, really pull people in. I believe there are some topics, which I'm going to discuss a few. I think there are some things that really speak to the core values of the Republican Party. But for some reason, our values alone seems to not be good enough. It's like there has to be some other stuff going on, too. It's almost like we just can't stand on our foundation anymore. We have to just add stuff to it. And that just becomes a little annoying to me. And I think that's where I'm feeling some of this political apathy. So in this show, I want to talk about a several several things, actually. We're going to talk about the Speaker, Speaker McCarthy being ousted. Definitely got to talk about that. That's something that's definitely helped help aid in the political apathy. Gavin Newsom, you know, him appointing this new this interim senator um, to Diane Feinstein's seat, LaFonza Butler. Found out some things about her. Um, we got to talk about the divide in our party, the Republican Party. Got to talk about that. As well as the divide in the Democrat Party, because I, might, I don't think people understand that that divide is absolutely real, and it seems to be getting increasingly worse however for some reason there it's like it's like we're the family who fights in the front lawn and they're the family who fights in the house and either way the fights are happening i want to also talk about 
how like some of the issues and some of the things that we as the people are feeling while Washington is up there doing whatever they're doing. And then I have some solutions. You know, I, I, I started thinking about what would it take for me to not feel like this anymore? Hmm. So I do have some solutions that I would like to talk about as we are pushing this forward and moving through um, just this political apathy that I'm feeling. But I also want to like, before we, before we go to break, I want to say this, just because you feel a certain type of way doesn't mean you have to stay there. And I, and I, that speaks for myself too. There are a lot of people who are dealing with voter apathy and voter apathy is just, you know, not wanting to vote, just kind of sitting out and just moving on. Apathy is not an excuse to disengage. You can't. You can't disengage. Um, The fight is still continuing and I've just never been one of those people to give up. So I'm going to keep going. But there's some things that's got to change. There's some some perspectives that we've got to shift on. Um, and, And that's starting with the idea that you're always right. I think we got to start there. Right now, we have a lot of talking heads, including myself. <laughs> we have a lot of perspectives that are being dropped all over the place. We have a lot of people who are demanding that you support their perspective because yours is wrong. <laughs> but if that's happening all the way around, I mean, makes you question, right? Got to question some things. So there's a lot going on. But I absolutely think that we can find our way, and I really do think that we can produce an outcome that is effective. I really believe that the country is at a pivotal point. We're at a very, very dangerous point right now. Very dangerous point. Um, The biggest issue is that we're not paying attention. We think we are but we're not. We're paying attention to the conversations in our little small circles. I believe we're paying attention to what's happening on a national level, but on a very, very high level. I don't know. I'm concerned. I'm deeply concerned about where we are, what what we're looking at, what could possibly happen. How are we going to get out of this? Um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm a millennial. I'm an older millennial because I will be 40 next year. But that being said, um, you know, the future is exciting with God. But I will say that I have spoken with people my age, some a little bit younger, who is they don't feel the same way. And I feel like in the first time in my life as an American, I really can understand why they feel that way because personally it's my relationship with God relationship with my family that definitely keeps me at a positive space engaged. But the more and more I hear things, I see things, I experience things, the more and more our our politics seems to be looking increasingly ridiculous. It's just, it's disturbing. It's a bit, disturbing so I really want us to 
think about this as I as we come back when we come back from the break we're going to discuss some of the topics that have given me some pause um but we're going to end on some solutions and in a positive way so stay tuned you're listening to let's talk about it with Janelle King in today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, Please contact us at AtlantaRamjack.com. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King. And this is Extra 106.3 that you're listening to. And I am having a very candid conversation about some of the some of the feelings that I've been having as this whole political arena has been ever-changing. And I just really have been feeling some high level voter, not voter apathy, political apathy, which is that I've just noticed that I hadn't been watching the news like I used to or following things like I used to as much. I um, was kind of taking a break, unplugging from politics a little bit at a time, mainly because it's starting to seem a little redundant. But before we go in detail, let's start with this. So what is, what, what's one, let's start with our number one, maybe not number one, but one issue. I don't want to, I don't want to put it in chronological, chronological order because I really don't want to make it seem like one issue is more important than the other. So we're just going to start with this one. But the divide in the party is something that is just exhausting. It's exhausting. Uh, several people, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to just speak for myself because I know what's happening to a lot of people. There's just so much of this having to explain yourself over and over and over again, you know, having to explain what's normal and what everybody should know, you know, having to defend the constitution to people who claim to be constitutionalists. So it it just, it's so much right now. I believe that we have like five different categories in the party. And I'm pretty sure if we really broke it down, we would probably discover that it's actually a lot more. We obviously have our MAGA crowd. I, I call them MAGA. I call them Trumplicans because these are people at their own admission, do not like the Republican Party, do not support the Republican Party. Um, so I call them Trumplicans. They are 100% on Trump's team. I don't. I can't think of any other elected official who had who who they support at that same level. And I say that because although there are elected officials and people who are in politics who they do enjoy, do they do like probably just as much. However, I seriously doubt that their loyalty level is the same. 
I know it's not. And the reason why I know it's not is because of the fact that I've experienced the moment President Trump says, I'm not, no, I'm no longer dealing with this person. I no longer want to be a part of this, that I, I, I've experienced these same people now flipping as well. So I've seen, you know, people like this love, 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 prime example, Mike Pence, you know, there was like a, he's great, he's cool, Trump Pence, everything's good. And then he made a decision that upset the president. The president in turn expressed that frustration with his base. And now Pence is struggling in the polls, having been our vice president. Next group we have are Trump supporters. These are people that I believe are Republican, conservative, and they just support the president. Um, some of it is because of the the just the at- onslaught of attacks that keep coming after this man. You know, the indictments and just over and over and over again. I think these people see that his policies were so good. They ca- probably can't stand his personality as much, but they do respect his policies. They view him from the perspective of who else do we have? Or... How else can we proceed given the fact that majority of the country on the Republican side seems to be supporting him, keeping in mind that 70%, but either way, and that, you know, he holds about 37%, which makes up the MAGA crowd. About 37% of voters, of Republican voters, are going to vote with him no matter what. So I think the Trump supporter group is kind of like... I can do it. I can. I can do it with somebody else. But why? Next, we have what has been coined the establishment. Now, I do think that these people exist, right? And these are the people who I believe simply want to just see things in a position where they can maintain the status quo, but at the same time, they are kind of enriching themselves, I guess you can say. You know, a lot of policy decisions are being made and based on what they think is best, not necessarily what the people are asking for or what we think. They don't really care about what we think. So I do think there is a, a establishment crowd that is very much so the swamp, so to speak. I hate to use that word, but that's the best way I can describe it. They are the swamp. Followed by the conservatives or constitutionalists, which is, that's kind of where I put myself, is that I am very conservative when it comes to certain values and and traditional values. I'm pro-life, which is not something that's in the Constitution, meaning abortion, but at the same, it's a personal decision that speaks to my values. I also am very, very, very opponent to the Constitution. My husband likes to say, we make our decisions based on three things. That's the word of God, the Constitution, and capitalism. Typically, all of our arguments can be won in those three categories. That's where our values is kind of sit in one of those three categories. I would say that Mike Pence is probably a constitutionalist, which is what's his, I mean, that was his reasoning for not overriding the senators and their electoral votes during the 2020 election. Because under the constitution, if there are no senators who are in rebellions or are not happy with the decision that came from the state, you know, then he can kind of do other things. But if there's no senators, I mean, so if there are senators like that, then he could probably do something. But if there's no senators that are not voting to certify the election, then he needs to certify the election. 
that's kind of how it works. That's the game that that's how the game is played. I definitely think that 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 can be tough because there are people who I believe, particularly, I mean, on both sides of the aisle, actually, that, you know, the Constitution is number one up until a certain point. Um, like on the Democrat side, the Constitution and your, your, well, your rights, particularly the Bill of Rights, is important if you get in trouble. But if we are, you know, rioting or looting in the name of peaceful protesting, then the Constitution sucks and we don't have nothing to do with it. And, um, you know, we don't want any parts of it. It's interesting. Then we have like our Republicans which is the final group that I feel is there. And to me, the Republicans are the people who are mostly almost like socially liberal, but they are fiscally conservative is what they say. The socially liberal means that a lot of these Republicans may be pro-choice or they don't really care about the whole LGBTQ push and things that are happening there. They just care about setting policy in place that allows us to thrive economically that's kind of where it is. I do believe that there is room for everyone in the party. However, why is this giving me political apathy? Because it's exhausting to have conversations with people because it feels like they're trying to figure out which party, which part of the party you're in, which faction do you agree with the most to then determine either how they're going to communicate with you, not communicate with you, or just treat you overall. I just don't think that's right. And I know that that's happening on the Democrat side as well, because there are Democrats who have expressed that, that they are just struggling with that, right? Like, where do I stand? So that leads me to the 2024, I think I want to do that one next. Yeah. The 2024 primary process. This is another area that has given me great pause when it comes to, um, just in overall, when it comes to this, uh, the political apathy that I've felt, um, it's that this process has just been so controlled. I feel like sometimes I'm on the Democrat side. I almost feel like we are the Democrats because when I think about some of the stuff and the great lengths that they went through to keep um, Bernie Sanders out of the seat, I... I'm often reminded that when I see things like not us not demanding that all candidates debate, I don't understand why that's not a requirement to run for office. Obviously, you know, President Trump didn't debate. And I think that's a lack of leadership. I think that part of leadership is standing with your people. If you feel like you're so big or you're, you know, you're so good and so right that you don't have to answer questions from the people, you don't have to debate your positions, you don't have to explain to us areas that we may have some concern. When you feel like that, that's like poor leadership. That's not a good leader. Imagine if, and I, and I said this to my husband, imagine if you walked into the office one day at our construction firm and... You told the staff, all right, I'm the boss. Um, you already know where I stand. You can't ask me any questions. You can't challenge my authority. You can't challenge my perspectives. You can't do anything except for do what, you, what I need you to do for me. You know, vote for me, but don't challenge me. That's a problem. That is a problem. And it has definitely caused political apathy. It's not fun anymore. I mean, we have people 
who are putting in so much work all around the country. And then we have our front runner who we won't even see on a debate stage until when, until we end up in the general election. Is that where we're going to start seeing debates? Is that when you, so you want us to challenge you when you're now going up against the Democrats, like the primary process is so that everyone can work out those most challenging perspectives is so that we can get stuff out in the clear. I had a friend of mine who's a dear friend of mine. We disagree on this, this particular topic, but she's a dear friend of mine. But I, I, I remember asking, you know, what do you think about not debating? And she's like, well, why should he, we already know where he stands. I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't. I know what he said, but you got to poke some holes into things in order to really drill down to where he stands. So I, I really want to see debates. I really want our primary process to not be so redundant as well. I feel like everybody's platform looks the same, sounds the same. It feels the same. They're even repeating each other to a certain degree. And I really want to see something different. I know we have our core issues. You can't leave out the border. You can't not talk about fentanyl. You can't not talk about crime or the economy. You had those overarching things, but I really want to see some depth to these platforms so that we're just not listening to the same thing over and over again. I believe there's another debate coming up in Miami and I'm actually looking forward to that to see what happens. I believe at this point, um, you know, things are narrowing down, but it actually still is anybody's race because voters are fickle. We like to change our minds. So it's really anybody's race. Now, let's skip to the Democrats. I think I've welled on Republicans enough. So <laughs> the Democrats, Gavin Newsom. So Gavin Newsom is the governor of California. This is another area that's causing some political apathy. It is California. I'm tired of hearing about California and their straws and their not eating chicken and like all this other stuff. I don't know. I'm just so over it. The reason why is because it just feels like a joke to me. It's like this can't be normal. It can't be normal. But Gavin Newsom has the had the the I guess you can say the privilege of appointing a senator to fill Diane Feinstein's position given that she passed away, which God rest her soul. I'm not saying anything negative about her passing away, obviously. I don't even want to take this out of context, but you gotta stop dying in the seats. I mean, we've gotta stop that. Like, I mean, pass the torch. You know, there shouldn't be a need for governors to step in and appoint people if people will stop dying in their seats. Like, we've gotta do better with that. Um, this, I mean, she, she was sick for a long time. This should have happened a long time ago, but anywho, the governor appointed a young woman or named LaFonza Butler. His, his perspective was that he thought that she was uniquely positioned. This is his words, not mine. He's uniquely positioned, simply the best person that he could find for this moment to do the job. 
But what's concerning about this appointment is when he said this. Take a listen. You promised if Dianne Feinstein steps down before the end of her term yep. to appoint a woman of color yep. as an interim. Yes. I'm sure you saw that Congresswoman Barbara Lee, who's running in the primary, did not like that very much. She said the idea that a black woman should be appointed only as a caretaker to simply check a box is insulting to countless black women across the country. And then she went on to say uh, that the perspective of a black woman in the U.S. Senate is sorely needed and needed for more than a few months. Yeah, um, I, well, I appreciate that point of view. We have a primary in a couple of months. This is a hypothetical on top of a hypothetical, and what I said stands. Uh, if under that hypothetical situation, uh, I'm asked to make an appointment, uh, I will make an appointment of an African-American woman, period, full stop. And why? Because I think uh, best person uh, should be there, and I happen to think uh, that representation matters. That's why I made two out of three Supreme Court justice uh, positions of uh, African-American women and appointed them and appointed a remarkable woman as our Secretary of State, an African-American woman, the first uh, head of our law enforcement agency, CHP, an African-American woman, and the head of the California Resources Board, African-American woman. So I've got a pretty good record in this space, and I'm going to hold myself to account uh, if that hypothetical on top of a hypothetical ever occurs. Why is that concerning? Because we've already been here. We've already been here before. Have we not been here when it comes to Kamala Harris? Why are we picking people based on the color of their skin? I don't know how many ways to explain that while I love my melanin, I don't have to worry about tanning every year. It definitely comes in handy when it comes to aging. I don't have any wrinkles as of yet, and I'm going into 40, and I feel good about that. While all of that is happening, and I'm excited about all of that, love my melanin, that's pretty much the benefit of it. <laughs> my blood is still red. If I need a transfusion, I don't. I, I can get it from anybody. That's my blood type. Um... I don't know if there's surgery necessary. God forbid I ever need a transplant of some sort. I'm not going to say get it from a black person. So we put a lot of emphasis on something that doesn't matter as much. And in my opinion, it almost makes me feel like the black people and black community is being reduced purely to the color of our skin when he makes statements like that, where it's like, I got to pick a black woman. I got to pick a black woman. Why? And there was pushback. He got, as you heard, he got some pushback. That being said, who is this black woman that he has selected? Well, her name is LaFonza Butler. She is, let's see, her career. She, be, she was a union organizer, as if we need any more of those. She was advocating for the rights of nurses, janitors, and hospital workers across various cities. In 2009, she relocated to California. I think she was in Maryland before, or Connecticut. I think it was New Haven, Connecticut, which is where I was born, so that was interesting. But anyway, in 2009, she relocated to California, where she continued her advocacy by organizing in-home caregivers and nurses. So she started gathering up people who worked in the caregiving space and nursing space in order to create, I guess, a longer, uh, or, or, well, she started galvanizing them. And then eventually she became the president of the United Long-Term Care Workers Organization, SEIU, local in 2015. 
Um, some of the, her positions is where we absolutely disagree. Oh my goodness. So she has supported efforts to increase California's minimum wage. We got to have a conversation about the increasing of minimum wage on people who on businesses who clearly know what they can afford to pay people. We got to talk about that at some point, but not right now. Uh, she advocated for higher income taxes for the state's wealthiest residents. So we're like selective taxing. So and th- now this is what you can expect. This is what she's going to She's bringing to Washington. Okay. And in 2016, she was a Democrat pri- in the Democratic primary. She endorsed Hillary Clinton. So she's one of those people. And I wonder how the progressives are going to feel about that because the progressives are not a fan of Hillary Clinton. Remember, they were the Bernie people. So our progressives today were the Bernie crowd back in back in 2016. Also, unique little tidbit about Miss LaFonza. She's a lesbian. She apparently has a union with a woman named Nakia um, Nakia Lee. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing her name wrong, but that's what I think. And they they have a daughter, apparently. Um, so yeah. So we have another Corinne John Pierre. <laughs> um, so I guess. Gavin Newsom felt like he was going to chop all, check all the box boxes, black woman, you know, female, of course, lesbian. He's checking all the progressive boxes. Don't know why it, it just has to be that way, but apparently that's where it is. And I'm just tired of that. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of seeing it. I think it's becoming played out. Let's just stop with all of the extraness and let's just move on. The last thing I want to talk about before we go to the break, and then when we come back from the break, I'm going to dig into this McCarthy situation a little bit more and then wrap it up with my solutions of how I think we can address this. So there's there's such a disconnect. <laughs> And I honestly think this this here might be my number one cause of political apathy. It's the disconnect. I am grateful every single day, every single day that God has blessed us thus far and continues to bless us and put us in a position where I don't worry about if I'm going to eat today. Don't worry about if I have enough gas in my car to go and do the things I need to do. But I also know that, that is just, that's the grace of God and the blessings of the Lord. But that being said, there are people who wake up with that like weight on their chest. I mean, the stressors of the world is on their backs. Why? Because groceries are out of control. They're extremely high. Crime, we saw what recently happened in New York with that activist who was just stabbed to death for no reason. So crime is out of control. Children are being indoctrinated. Farmers are struggling, particularly when it comes to land, particularly when it comes to the cost of feed and cost of like just to run their farms. Striking is all over the place. Automation and fast foods is ramping up, which means there's gonna be less low paying jobs recession is looming 
we have 12 appropriation bills on the table yet we just ousted our speaker which we'll get into next next uh after the break it just seems like washington appears to be extremely extremely selfish but we're gonna hold that thought and i'm gonna finish talking about this particular issue after this morning in the atlanta airport no one's missing a meal on mac wilburn's watch with 11 restaurants to serve passengers he's got dining for every destination and it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com. To the break. Welcome back to uh, Let's Talk About It with Janelle King, and this is Extra 106.3. Before the break was, well, before the break happened, I was talking about my number one issue that, you know, really caused the voter, or the political, I'm sorry, I keep saying voter, but the political apathy. And um, I'm going to run back through those for those who missed it. But please, please, please feel free to go to allthingsjking.com that's allthingsjking.com if you would like to listen to this playback if you missed majority of the show I will be airing this once again and it would drop on my podcast on Tuesdays that, that drops and uh, you can check it out you can listen to the whole thing so if you missed the majority of the show it's okay catch this last part and uh, when, the, when the podcast drops be sure to listen but I, before the break, I was saying that my number one reason for political apathy at this moment, I believe, and it's actually doing this podcast is helping me feel better, <laughs> but there's such a disconnect and that there's so many people that are waking up every day with the strain, the stressors of life, while we have people in Washington who's running around with their cute little salaries and their cute little power and, you know, celebrity-like personas. They get to live like that while there are other people who are really, 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 really struggling. It's really happening. Majority of people are. What are they struggling with? Groceries, <laughs> crime. I mentioned farmers that are struggling to just to, to farm their land and make a profit. Children that are being indoctrinated in our schools. And I, I briefly mentioned the strikes, but we have union workers on strike all over the country from the, you know, mechanic, mechanical workers to the actors, actresses. I mean, everybody's just, you know, striking right as a recession is looming and automated fast food restaurants are ramping up. There's more and more of that. I remember when there was like one self-checkout line and now there's one in almost every store. That definitely means that you're going to hire less cashiers. And my concern is that while we have Democrats like this particular Democrat that I mentioned earlier, who was just appointed by Gavin Newsom, uh, Miss LaFonza Butler, who is pushing for, who, who did push 
to increase minimum wage. Pretty sure she's going to bring a lot of that to the Senate, as well as I'm pretty sure she's going to bring her union background and your organizing background to the Senate. While all that's going on, no one's paying attention to the fact that if a business cannot afford to pay for employees, additional employees, and pay them the, 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 the minimum wage that she thinks that they should be paying them, if they don't have the revenue coming in to cover that cost, they're going to have to cut costs. And it's probably going to be in the, in the area of labor. And we're going to get more automation. You're going to get more people automating. That being said, a lot of these starter jobs are not going to be there for our young people, which when you have young people who don't have anything to do, somehow, some way, it tends to kind of spill into crime. So we have a lot of that going on. And now we have the most recent, which is the McCarthy ousting. (sighs) Whether you are a part of those Republican factions that love this decision or you're a part of the group that hates it, either way, this is a problem. The reason why is because there are 12 appropriation bills on the table. So what this particular group that ousted uh, McCarthy, Matt Gates, and the, and the other seven, they are the ones that are like, we don't want to vote for ominous bills. Yet they threw the house into a whirlwind out of nowhere and Um, I believe it's a personal vendetta. I think there's some personal issues involved that's causing this problem. So here we are. Once again, the people, again, that's why there's political apathy. Once again, the people, us, the voters, are having to fend for ourselves while those who are supposed to be making decisions to correct some of these issues in order to kind of lift the weight up off of the off off of the voters instead of doing that there's all of this talk around what i feel is best for the people so we're going to oust the speaker throw a new one in Don't know how long that's going to take. But from my understanding, there's 45 days from the moment of this recording. There's 45 days left to have to decide and vote and and actually work on these 12 appropriation bills. Man. So if you, in other words, if you want our government to be more efficient, then we need to break these bills down one by one. That's how we have 12 and look at how these funds are being appropriated, debate about it, and negotiate, tweak, and change, and things of that nature. Well, we got to do that 12 times in 45 days, along with now finding a new speaker. At this point, I, I don't think it matters how you feel about the decision or whether you like McCarthy or not. Timing and strategy matters. Could this have waited? Absolutely. But if you if it had waited, then Matt Gates would have had to wait and see if McCarthy would have done something to cause him to get upset enough to do this and to be able to rally the troops. So for him, it couldn't wait. But for us, we're going to have to pay the price. So what is the solution as we're coming to a close? 
I think we have to stop all the controlling. I think we need to be more open to the many perspectives within our party. Everybody should have a seat on the bus and everybody can have a seat on the bus. I think that we need to put our faith in God and not man. I personally believe that the only thing that's going to really see where we're really going to see a complete change is if we kick them all out. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I do want to kick everybody out and just start over, you know, like throw it all away. Let's just start over. But I'm just not going to happen. No, I do think that we can we should be pushing for as a country, as a country, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, Green Party, no labels, whatever you are, People's Party, all of all of us. I think we need to be advocating for term limits. That way, people will understand that you have to have another means of making a living, and it can't be the government. So you won't fight tooth and nail to keep your seat, no matter what, to the point where it becomes debilitating. Why? <laughs> Because you know at some point you're going to have to go back home. So you will have to have a career outside of politics. We've got to stop the career political stuff. We've got to stop this. I think the country needs to push for term limits. I think this is the only way that we'll be able to kind of correct it all at once. You know, get people out, put new people in, new passion, fresh ideas, fresh perspective. And I think we need to do it immediately. Thank you all for listening to my rant, to my perspective. You've listened to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King. This is Extra 106.3. You have a wonderful, wonderful week. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a five minimum balance required the fan is ready for brave season are you three one smoked high in the air deep center field and heading for the horizon a home run by olsen we're streaming every game of the braves 2024 season free on the 680 the fan app so make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the braves this season